This is a Federal News Network podcast. They say when Congress is out of session, the traffic in D.C. gets lighter. Maybe, but the season of politics and oversight doesn't stop for the summer, at least not this summer. Here with this week's take, the Fulcrum Editor-in-Chief, David Hawkins. And David, there's no shortage of pretty bad news over the last couple of days, some of a couple of weeks really, some of which cause congressional chatter and also some possible oversight. And I guess maybe the Justice Department is where we should start with the suicide of Jeffrey Epstein, a high-value, high-notoriety federal suspect. There's a lot of looking at what the heck happened in the Federal Bureau of Prisons. That's right. And, and you're right that there is uh, – so Congress does not come back for into three weeks uh, from, from now – uh, it's a particularly long, long break for them, but but that does not stop them from paying attention to the news and trying to get in, uh, get their oar in when there is uh, when there, there's a headline that they think they need to pay attention to. And the right, the death of Jeffrey Epstein at the federal, uh, it's essentially it's a federal holding jail really in in New York City over the weekend is absolutely one of those cases. There's bipartisan uh, fury that this could have happened. Um, you know, one of the most furious letters was from a Republican, Ben Ben Sass from Nebraska, a senator, uh, saying heads should roll. Um, it is it is sort of an astonishing story that somebody uh, who is um, one could argue is the most notorious uh, federal inmate in the country at the moment, and and sort of is is emblematic of uh, the absolute excesses of you know the world of Me Too and the and the world in which. Uh, the public perceives um, the rich and the powerful as b- being allowed to play by uh, different and way looser rules than the rest of us. Uh, he em- he was emblematic of all that, um, and the and the fact that he um, could have been put in a situation where he could have died, uh, presumably by suicide. That's the at least the initial appearance that it looks like a suicide. Um, you know, is is got a lot of people scratching their heads, including in a rare. Uh, to me, maybe even unprecedented. I don't think I've ever seen an attorney general um, issue a statement about the death of a prisoner in federal custody. Uh, but Attorney General Barr did so within a, you know, a day of, of uh, Epstein's death being revealed, uh, saying that he's going to get to the bottom of this. So it's right. It's, it's, I think you can expect uh, the Bureau of Prisons to come up under considerable scrutiny with some rare bipartisan uh, beyond head-scratching, fury when Congress comes back in September. Yeah, so we can expect hearings. And also there's a new assignment for David Horowitz, the Inspector General of Justice, who seems to, seems to be getting a lot of the tough assignments in the past year. Uh, yes, 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 he does. Um, and this will be, this will probably write the latest. And then there will be, you know, even if there's not gun control legislation uh, coming down the pike in the fall, which, you know, there may be a debate uh, in September, but even if there's not legislation, um, there are some uh, members of Congress that are making noise about the Justice Department not doing enough to enforce what laws are on the books. The Justice Department's Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms uh, has been under some criticism for uh, not not paying attention uh, all that rigorously to to some of the things that are on the books. So, uh, yes, the Justice Department seems to be the uh, the focus of the summer doldrums here. We're speaking with the Fulcrum Editor-in-Chief, David Hawkins. And with Congress out now for this long period of time, we've got a little bit of a dichotomy because the House has done its budgetary work, but the Senate still is only about halfway done. 
That's right. And the Senate, uh, the Senate usually, it's it, it's a little bit of a misnomer. Uh, some people think that the House has to go first on these money bills. That's certainly the long-standing tradition is that the House moves first on these appropriations bills, and the Senate then is supposed to pass its response, and then they're supposed to negotiate a settlement between them. The Senate has not has not moved any of its own uh, a dozen of appropriations bills, but they're pretty far along. Um, I say this when when you and I chat often, which is uh, the the handful of really politically supercharged um, disputes always get the lion's share of, of the attention. That's kind of the way new, the news works. But there are hundreds, if not thousands, of programmatic decisions that are made behind the scenes that nobody uh, nobody outside the, the people who are administering these programs and working at the agencies ever pay attention to. And a lot of that. A lot of that shovel work is getting done and has already been done. And so even without um, the Senate having passed any of these bills, uh, plenty of things are already baked. And they're usually they're baked in a way that's not dramatic, dramatically bad for the programs or agencies. But that having been said, Congress comes back the day after Labor Day. That only leaves them, you know, arguably uh, 28 days or so before the start of the fiscal year. Um, there's no way that they're going to get all of this done by the start of the fiscal year. They haven't really set an informal uh, deadline of when they're hoping to get it done. Since this is an off year, it's not an election year. Uh, there's no pressure for Congress to go home and campaign in October like there is in the even-numbered years. There's also a, uh, a part, of, part of the agreement, the budget agreement that was finalized right before Congress left on its recess was this um, promise by the House Democrats uh, by Mrs. Pelosi to not uh, add so-called poison pills, policy, uh, poison, uh, combative, poisonous, uh, polarizing policy legislation to these spending bills to keep them relatively clean. So I think I kind of think the medium-term forecast is um, is okay for the spending bills, but I've sometimes even after doing this for 30 years, I get I get found out as as more naive than I should have been. So maybe one side or the other will fi- find a way to throw a big wrench into things in the fall. One thing they did manage to do as part of this agreement on on easing the spending caps th- through uh, through the 2020 election and into 2021 was they also uh, allowed the debt ceiling to increase until after the election. So so the big budget. Uh, the opportunities for a big budget war uh, have abated now, it looks like, until after uh, the next presidential election. Yeah, and the other interesting thing is there are bills to change the rules for Social Security to try to make the solvency last longer, you know, into the next century. What chance those have yet? I think the bill is in the House. I'm not sure there's a companion bill in the Senate. A lot of, a lot of nitty-gritty business that have bills, but not a lot of take-up in both houses, enough to get that momentum across the line. That's true. There, you know, the president, when he was campaigning, said he uh, would not touch uh, Social Security or Medicare uh, if elected. Now, his people have sent signals that that means if he's that was that pledge was good for his first term, and that should he be reelected, uh, he would be open to a bigger uh, to to sort of a bigger budget deal to trying to to address. Um, what is clearly one of the drivers, what is the the driver of our uh, our deficit and debt, which are uh, these entitlements, Social Security, Medicare, um, getting those under control is an, an inevitable challenge for the federal yep. government, and he has signaled a willingness to do that in the second term. Yeah, so did George W. Bush in his second term. True that. <laughs> David Hawkins is editor-in-chief of The Fulcrum. As always, thanks so much. 
Thank you, Tom. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. <coughs> Cough and cold season is here. Introducing Ricola Max Throat Care, Ricola's most powerful drop yet. It's the best of Swiss nature wrapped around a powerful liquid menthol center for maximum relief from your worst cough and sore throat. Maximum nature for maximum relief. Try the new Ricola Max now, available in the cold and cough aisle. It's in our nature.